Hey everyone and welcome to my A to Z of musicals and today we're listening to things beginning with the letter C and I love everything about musical theatre, musical films, performers, concerts so let's get started with our first letter C. So way back in 1984, I bought a double album vinyl concept album recording of one of my absolute favourite shows of all time, Chess. Chess has just brought me so much joy over the years and I absolutely played this vinyl album to death. Um, it was the first time I came across that brilliant song, I Know Him So Well, which I've probably heard far too many times now. But at the time, it just was beautiful to listen to the voices of Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon. And uh, I only found out today, actually, that the song was loosely based on an ABBA song that they sang on tour in, back in 1977. The song is called I Am An A, and I've just watched or listened to it, should I say, on YouTube. And you can see the early um, start, if you like, of the song I Know Him So Well. Uh, as an ABBA fan, uh, probably, if not the greatest ABBA fan at the time, one of the top ABBA fans at the time, um, I loved this band. So hearing them today singing something that I've never heard before was quite a treat. It's available on YouTube to listen to. And the song is about the four letters of the alphabet, A, B, B, A, and how each of the four band members stands for a different kind of character. My favourite ABBA member at the time, well, still, is Frida. And she sings the line, I'm Frida, hello, I'm the star of the show. Well, I think she was. So, the boys from ABBA, Benny Anderson and Bjorn Ulvaeus, they wrote the uh, music and the lyrics for chess and they started that way back in 1981 and worked with the magnificent Sir Tim Rice and between them they developed this show which became a concept album a little bit like uh, Jesus Christ Superstar did for Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice before they put on their first production of Jesus Christ Superstar the concept album was a way of bringing in some money for them to help to develop this project. So uh, a good idea, I think, uh, definitely a good idea. Uh, and then my next, I suppose, um, experience of this show would have been when I finally went down to the West End in London to see the show. Now, I didn't get to see the show for a, a while after it had opened. It opened in... May 1986 at the Prince Edward Theatre which is still today one of my favourite London theatres it's such a beautiful place to to sit and experience music um, and the show opened back in 1986 in May and it was not until 1988 that I got to see the show so 
a lot of the original cast had left by that point. But I did see the stunning Gronje Renahan, and she played the part of uh, Florence Fassi. And she was absolutely amazing. I can remember watching it and her voice and just seeing her perform. And I didn't know her, uh, but I have seen Gronje Renahan in so many things since. And uh, fairly recently, in fact, just before lockdown, uh, I went to see the stage concert version of Les Miserables, which... Uh, she performed in with the ensemble and it was so great to see her and know that she is still actively involved in musical theatre. Uh, Gronje Renahan was actually uh, played the part of Ellen in Miss Saigon, which I saw back in 1999. And I saw her in, I think it was about 1990, as Fontaine in Les Mis. And... Only back in 2016, she was the bird woman in Mary Poppins. And my friend Dave and I always used to joke about Gronje Renahan um, and her sister Elizabeth Renahan. And we used to argue as to who'd seen more Renahan sisters on stage. Um, along with Gronje Renahan in the 1988 production that I saw was Rhea Jones. And I think this was probably the first time I saw Rhea Jones as well. She played the part of Svetlana. And Anthony Head was Frederick Trumper. So I, I was lucky to see a really great cast. So which other productions have I seen? Well, I saw um the Craig Revel Horwood touring production back in 2010 which I really enjoyed. It came to the Lowry Theatre in Salford, which is not far from my home. And so I went along and uh, the cast included Shona White as Florence and Daniel Kirk as Anatoly, James Fox and Poppy Tierney were in that production as well. And there was some beautiful choreography and movement throughout that. But I do remember my friend, uh, Lucy, who didn't enjoy the production at all. Uh, it was almost like we were watching two completely different shows. I remember she said to me that she and her mum were watching and at the interval, her mum said, well, maybe it will be better in the second half. And my friend Lucy said, we'll never know. <laughs> it just made me laugh because... I couldn't get enough of it. I, I would have watched that production every single day. I just thought it was phenomenal. So it just shows you, doesn't it, that what one person absolutely adores is is not the same for another person, which is why talking about musical theatre and musical films is so personal, really, because it's, it's the impact and the impression that they have changes for every single person and I love that I love the fact that I might think something's amazing and somebody else hates it um I did go to the Coliseum in London uh in 2018 because there was a, a new production with Michael Ball as uh, Anatoly and the wonderful Cassidy Jansen as Florence Fassi 
and the cast had some wonderful people in Sabrina Aloesh and Kimberly Blake and Jordan Lee Davis, Tim Hauer as Trumper, Cedric Neal. And I absolutely loved the performance from Alexandra Burke, who played the part of Svetlana. And in fact, uh, a new song was written especially for that production. She sang, it's called He's a Man, He's a Child. And again, that is available for you to listen to on YouTube. It's a really lovely song. And it was nice to see a show that gave, uh, a production that gave a bit more for the character of Svetlana. So this is the section that I'm calling my musical legend. And it was so easy to choose uh, a musical theatre and film legend beginning with the letter C. And it is none other than the wonderful Carol Channing. And those of you who have ever been fortunate enough to see or listen to the Forbidden Broadway CDs or, or reviews will know how much she was loved and imitated often over the years by Jared Alessandrini and his Forbidden Broadway team. And they would uh, refer to her as Carol Channing. <laughs> it just used to make me laugh. Um, Carol Channing was such a force of positivity and joy and pizzazz. That's a great word, actually, I think, when I think of her. I laugh when I hear her say, raspberries from the film Thoroughly Modern Millie. And everything about her, her energy and effervescence just oozes and uh, her beautiful smile, her bright red lipstick, her big eyes that were drawing you in. Every time I see a picture of her or if I ever see an image of her on TV or anything, I'm just instantly drawn to her because she had, I think, a, a kind of magic. She really uh, just was a magical theatre legend. It was in 1949 that Carol Channing made her Broadway debut in the musical Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Uh, and I love this show. Um, it was based on a book by Anita Luz and uh, Anita wrote the book for the stage musical as well with music by another theatre legend, Julie Stein. And it opened in 1949 and Carol Channing played the starring role of Lorelei Lee. And this was a part that she would go on to play again later in her career in 1974. Uh, another theatre adaptation was made, um, a musical just called, simply called Lorelei, when she reprised her role as Lorelei Lee. And... Uh, I have seen a production of Gentlemen Prefer Blondes fairly recently, actually, in 2019 at the Union Theatre as an off-West End production. And I really enjoyed it. It was a lovely small venue, really nice atmosphere, great production. And the actress Abigail Honeywill played the part of Laura Lee. And I'll be looking out for her name because she did a really great 
job. Uh, just as an aside, in 1962, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes opened in the West End and the part of Lorelei was played by the wonderful British actress and entertainer Dora Bryan and uh, more of her in a few moments. So Carol Channing was spotted immediately in that production. Her easily identifiable voice, her energy, that magic that she had on stage when she just brought everything to life led to her being offered the starring role in Jerry Herman's Hello Dolly in 1964. And this was a, a fantastic opportunity for Carol and it made her name uh, an international one. And she actually won the Best Actress in a Musical Tony for her performance in Hello Dolly. And Dolly Levi is a part that, a bit like Lorelei for Carol Channing, she kept returning to that role. She did the original production, she did a 1978 Broadway revival, then she brought the show to the West End in 1979, and her final um, experience of this show was in 1995 in another Broadway revival. And it, I often think if there's a show that I would have loved to have been in the audience to have seen, it would have been to see Carol Channing playing Dolly Levi. What a star. I mentioned Dora Bryan um, a few moments ago. I saw a, a production in the UK, a touring production of Hello Dolly, um, with Dora Bryan in the part of Dolly Levi. That was in 1989 at the Opera House in Manchester and uh, Dora Bryan led that production. And I do remember, I went to see it with my friend Louise and we laughed and laughed so much at the scene in the uh, restaurant when she's eating dumplings and she's saying, you go your way and I'll go mine. And Dora Bryan was absolutely hysterical in that part. And she was joined on stage by the wonderful Catherine Evans as Irene Malloy. So one of the roles that for me embodies everything about Carol Channing was her performance as Muzzy in the 1967 musical film of Thoroughly Modern Millie. I just adore that film. It Again, it just makes me smile. It's funny. It's got fabulous music. It has Dame Julie Andrews, of course, and you can't go far wrong. But it had a really lovely performance by Mary Tyler Moore and the phenomenal Beatrice Lilly. Just a great, great film. And one of the things I didn't know until I was researching for my podcast was that actually Carol Channing was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress uh, at, for her performance as Muzzy. Um, she didn't win that, but she did win a Golden Globe for Thoroughly Modern Millie for Best Supporting Actress. So uh, a great film, and it, it really um, just captures her sense of fun and comedy. Uh, and another show that she did, a TV production, where her role was just hysterical, was in the TV production of Alice in Wonderland in 1985, which you can find on YouTube, and her performance as the White Queen. 
It's just comedy uh, classics. You, you try and watch it if you haven't. So, Carol Channing, theatre legend, musical theatre legend, her documentary, Larger Than Life, kind of sums up for me everything about her. She really was larger than life, and I couldn't have missed her out. When I was a small boy, I had a chitty chitty bang bang model car and it was bright red and yellow and it had wings that came out on the sides just like in the film and it had a little plastic truly scrumptious in a pink outfit with a pink hat and cracticus pots in the front seats and I played with this endlessly for hours and hours because I absolutely loved the magic of this film. It was a 1968 film and many people think that this is a Disney film. Well, it's not. <laughs> it has many features and many people who worked on it that were involved in lots of Disney films, such as the Sherman Brothers who wrote the music. And of course they wrote music for so many amazing Disney films, including Mary Poppins. And actually it was the Mary Poppins team, I suppose, that were involved in this film. Dick Van Dyke, who played Bert in Mary Poppins, plays Caracticus Potts, and he's fantastic in this film. Um, and, uh, of course, the Sherman Brothers, who wrote the music. The choreography was by Mark Bro and Dee Dee Wood, who worked, again, on Mary Poppins. And the musical supervision and, and conducting was done by Erwin Costal, did Mary Poppins. So I can see there are so many similarities, but it's not Disney. Um, it was actually produced by Albert Broccoli, Cubby Broccoli, who was famous for the early James Bond films. Uh, in fact, um, not just the early ones, but many of the James Bond films. And another really lovely connection there is that the original 1964 story of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the magic car, magical car, was written by um, Ian Fleming. When they came to make the film, the, the screenplay was co-written by none other than Roald Dahl, the famous children's stories writer. So this has got great pedigree of people. And the film is just lovely to watch. It has beautiful music. Some of the songs in here are some of my favourite musical films songs including Doll on a Music Box and Truly Scrumptious and U2, um, Toot Sweets and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang which is a little bit like um, the Sherman Brothers Supercalifragilistic. They like to have songs with words to play around with. Um, it really is a lovely film and Sally Ann Howes does a beautiful performance as Truly Scrumptious. And actually, there are a lot of British variety entertainers and performers in this film. Lionel Jeffries, Max Wall, Bernard Spear, Arthur Mullard, Barbara Windsor has a tiny little part, um, Stanley Unwin and Benny Hill. Lots of these people were a really um, well-known British stage performers and variety entertainers. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang started its life on stage in April of 2002 at the London Palladium as the fully-fledged musical stage version 
And uh, I actually went to see this right in its preview days, or in April actually. And it was funny to watch because they were still ironing out some of the staging. And um, Brian Blessed played the part of the Bo uh, Baron Bomburst and Nicola McAuliffe was the Baroness. And I remember she had quite a long sort of chiffony um, jacket or gown during the chuchy face scene. And Brian Blessed actually stood on it and uh, almost pulled her over so it was it was good to see a show in preview and see how they were working through some of the issues um, it was a really beautiful show to see uh, with one of my favorite West End performers Emma Williams as truly scrumptious and she has the most beautiful singing voice um, I love to listen to her and Michael Ball was really well cast as uh, Caractacus Potts. Um, and also the um, part of Jemima was played at the time by Carrie Hope Fletcher, just cast as Carrie Fletcher at the time. And she's gone on to do great things in the West End and is hopefully going to start in the new Andrew Lloyd Webber production of Cinderella at some point when theatres reopen this year. Um, Richard O'Brien played the part of the child catcher and he was very well cast because it's a scary part and I think he did that extremely well. Of course, Richard O'Brien from Rocky Horror Show fame. Um, and I then did see another production, a touring production a few years later in 2006. It came to Manchester with uh, Brian Connolly in the part of Craticus Potts. And I enjoyed the production, but I have to say, the car was the star of the show. It's a little bit like Sophie's Choice having to choose these musicals. Which show do you pick and which one do you not? There are so many shows beginning with C, but my next show is Chicago. And it's the absolutely wonderful Kendra and Ebb show that starred on Broadway, Gwen Verdon, and Cheetah Rivera with Jerry Orbach as well. What a great cast that was. And uh, wow, imagine being in the audience to see that production. And it opened on Broadway on the 3rd of June, 1975. And uh, it came about because Gwen Verdon had asked her husband, Bob Fosse, she was married to, um, if he could have a look at this story. She'd read the play and uh, asked if he could have a look. So he'd worked and talked with John Kandra and Fred Ebb and ultimately they came up with this absolutely brilliant show. And um, Gwen Verdon was already a very well-known uh, name and very popular, very successful. She won a Tony in 1966 for her role as Charity Hope Valentine. And Sweet Charity is another of my favourite shows, which we'll definitely be getting a mention later in the alphabet. Uh, Cheetah Rivera, also hugely popular and well-known within the, the world of Broadway. She originated the role of Anita in West Side Story, which was in 1957. So when Chicago came around in 1975, they were both well-known. And this was a production by Kandra and Ebb, who were both a hugely successful songwriting team. 
they had already by this point um, written Cabaret, which opened on Broadway in 1966, and Flora, the Red Menace, which was the Broadway debut of Liza Minnelli. That was 1965. And uh, 70 Girls 70, they had written loads and loads of great shows and we'll be hearing more about some of their other shows. But something I discovered actually during my research was that the first song they ever wrote together was called My Colouring Book back in 1962 and it was actually nominated for a Grammy. And later on it was to be recorded by one of my favourites, Barbara Streisand, and uh, my colouring book, that album. So if you have that, dig it out and give it a listen. It was written by Kandra and Ebb, and I did not know that. And of course, it was the remarkable Bob Fosse who famously choreographed this production and did an incredible job. So the show then opened in the West End in 1979, and uh, Roxy Hart was played by Antonia Ellis and Jenny Logan was Velma Kelly. Um, and Antonia Ellis had previously played the part of Maisie in the 1971 Ken Russell film, The Boyfriend, which is a particular favourite of mine. I really love that film and uh, she shines in that film, Antonia Ellis. What's interesting then is that in 1996, the revival that came to Broadway was reimagined and choreographed by Bob Fosse's girlfriend, um, Anne Ranking. And she has said that it, she created or reimagined the choreography, quote, in the style of Bob Fosse. Well, she did a fantastic job and I think that's the choreography that everybody knows now and loves. Um, and uh, Anne Ranking played Roxy Hart, B.B. Neweth played Velma Kelly, and then the following year, in 1997, it came over to the West End with Ruthie Henshaw playing Roxy Hart and Uta Lemper playing Velma Kelly. Um, and I noticed today that Ruthie Henshaw and Roxy Hart have the same initials. Um, that production was on at the Adelphi Theatre, and I went to see it quite a lot of times. In fact, throughout its life in the West End, I saw this show at the Adelphi several times and then at the Cambridge Theatre and then at the Garrick Theatre. Uh, sadly, I didn't get to see it in its most recent revival in, um, at the Phoenix Theatre, but I have seen some fantastic Roxy Hart's and Belma Kelly's. Uh, as Roxy Hart's, I've seen Maria Friedman, Denise Van Outen, Lindsay Haightley, who was absolutely brilliant, um, Sarah Sertart, who is fabulous, Bonnie Langford. And I did see a production actually at Curve Leicester back in nine, uh, 2014, and Gemma Sutton played the part of Roxy Hart. And then Velma Kelly's, I've seen Ruthie Henshaw and Debbie Currup, the wonderful Lee Zimmerman, uh, and also Verity Rushworth played Velma Kelly at the Curve production. So then in 2002, we got the film version and uh, it was the first film to win the Academy Award for Best Picture that was a musical since 
the film version of Oliver way back in 1968. So 34-year gap from Oliver to Chicago winning the Academy Award for Best Picture. Unbelievable. Um, actually, it won six uh, Academy Awards that year. And it had a fantastic cast. The wonderful Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, who for me just stole that film every second she was on the screen, and the wonderful Richard Gere. And it was also the directorial debut of Rob Marshall. Um, and he did a brilliant job. And actually, in my most recent Twitter poll, I asked people what their favourite movie musical of all time was and Chicago came second in that list so um, it really is a very popular show and a very popular musical film and I love it. I remember going to see a touring production of Chicago with my friend Denise and we both love the theatre. Denise hadn't seen the show at that point and I'd been raving about how brilliant it was. So off we went to the um, Palace Theatre in Manchester and we were in the stalls. We were on the far left facing the, facing the stage. We were at the end of a row, probably only about four or five rows from the stage, maybe a bit more. And um, we sat down and in front of us, were a couple and the man was the loudest person you've ever heard and he was loud before the show even started. Once the show began, he did not stop talking very, very loudly and annoying everybody around him. And I don't know about you, but I am not good with distractions at the theatre. In fact, as I get older, I get worse and worse. I cannot abide anybody sniffing, scratching, rustling, anything. I remember once going to the theatre and the person sitting next to me started to eat an egg mayonnaise sandwich. Can you believe it? Oh, God. Anyway, on this particular occasion, so this man just kept talking really loudly and annoying me and I was so distracted and I couldn't concentrate and I kept thinking he'll stop. So 10 minutes into the show, uh, we'd had the all that jazz number, no, no stopping from this man. So I did the wrong thing. I gently tapped him on the shoulder and shushed him. And okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. But anyway, maybe I shouldn't have done. But oh my God, he went absolutely ballistic. And I'm not exaggerating. He spun around in his seat and uh, his fist came really close to my face. And he angrily said in a very loud voice that I'm sure the people on stage could hear, what, what, I haven't done anything. And at that moment, three complete strangers who were sitting to my right stood up, almost leapt out of their seats to protect me because it looked like he was going to thump me in the face. He didn't, but he was so incensed and angry. And uh, I, I tried to calm him down and apologise and everybody was looking. And oh, I was mortified, absolutely mortified. My friend Denise just didn't know where to look. I think she just wanted to crawl into a hole. Anyway, 
The man turned around, but he would not leave it at that. He kept spinning around and glaring at me with this really angry, angry face. And I swear, I was so intimidated that I could not look up at the stage because if he turned around, my eyes would catch his. So I spent the next half an hour looking at the floor. I didn't see most of that first act. And uh, each time I did try and look up, I just could not relax. I was absolutely, uh, my heart was in my mouth. And I know my friend Denise was the same. It was awful. And uh, anyway, as it got nearer to the interval, I remember we looked at each other. I can't remember if she said to me or I said to her, but we both said, as soon as the interval comes, we're out of these seats. And this second the applause started for the end of Act One, we leapt out of our seats at the Palace Theatre in Manchester and we literally ran all the way up this side aisle out into the um, main entrance just beside ourselves. You know, oh my God, and we kind of laughed, but we wanted to cry. And basically... The entire show had been ruined by this obnoxious man and uh, the theatre were great and they moved us to some uh, seats somewhere else but it spoiled the show really and I don't think my friend Denise has ever really um, been a fan of this show ever since. Fortunately for me, I managed to get over it. But there you go, theatre etiquette, it needs a lot of work. to mention two musicals beginning with the letter C from the wonderful Rodgers and Hammerstein and the first one is Cinderella. This started out life on television as a television special with the wonderful Julie Andrews. This was back in 1957 and this was such a popular show on TV and the music became really popular that in 1965, CBS, who'd produced the first version, produced a second version of the same show, this time with Leslie Ann Warren, and Celeste Holm was in that production. It didn't end there. In 1997, ABC, which was owned by Walt Disney Productions Television, they produced a third version of this, and this is the famous one, or most famous one recently, with... Um, Brandy Norwood as Cinderella, the wonderful Whitney Houston and Bernadette Peters, Whoopi Goldberg and Victor Garber. That was an amazing cast. And actually, the reason why I'm talking about it today is because this show will be dropping onto the Disney Plus network in the next week or so. And I've never seen this production. I've never seen it on television. Um, and I'm really excited to see uh, the choreography in this version was by Rob Marshall, who we've already talked about today uh, for his work on the film of Chicago. The final musical that I want to talk about today, beginning with the letter C, is Carousel. This was the second collaboration between Richard Rogers, composer, and Oscar Hammerstein II, lyricist, their first big hit, of course, had been Oklahoma in 1943. 
and two years later they adapted a play called Lilium and it became this musical carousel. And basically it's a love story between the carousel barker, Billy Bigelow, and young Julie Jordan. And it really is a, a difficult show in many ways to watch nowadays because the relationship between Billy and Julie is abusive. And uh, watching the film fairly recently, it did make me uh, wince a few times and struggle because uh, the resolve at the end maybe doesn't sit well with our modern sensibilities. Having said that, this show has got the most beautiful score and some of the greatest songs that Oscar and Richard ever wrote, including If I Loved You and You'll Never Walk Alone, The Soliloquy and June is Busting Out All Over, Gorgeous Songs, and two of my absolute favourites, Mr Snow and When the Children Are Asleep, which are sung by uh, Julie's friend Carrie Pipperidge and Enoch Snow. And I do think the characters in this show have got the greatest names. Julie Jordan and Carrie Pipperidge, Billy Bigelow, Enoch Snow. They're fabulous character names, aren't they? Um, I understand that Stephen Sondheim was in the audience at the opening night of Carousel in uh, 1945 when it opened and uh, apparently his eyes were wet with tears at the end. And the show was an immediate hit and it had amazing choreography by the fabulous Agnes DeMille. And the stage show has had several lives. One of the most famous was the 1992 National Theatre production that was directed by Nicholas Heitner and the choreography was by Kenneth Macmillan. And that production had a fabulous cast with Patricia Routledge and Joanna Riding as Julie. Michael Hayden as Billy, Janie D as Carrie Pipperidge. And um, it was a success, but it was a very short run, so it moved then to the Shaftesbury Theatre, which is where the cast recording was made. So actually, some of the original cast had left by the time of the cast recording. Uh, there have been productions on Broadway, uh, one of the famous ones with Audra MacDonald as Carrie as Carrie um, Pipperidge. Fairly recently, in 2018, there was a, a new production with um, Joshua Henry and Jesse Muller and Renee Fleming. Uh, but the one that I've enjoyed listening to and watching the most, I think, is the 2013 stage concert version with Kelly O'Hara and Jessie Muller actually was in that as Carrie Pipperidge so it was interesting that she then went on to play Julie Jordan in the 2018 production and the lovely Jason Denealy as Enoch, Enoch Snow. I have been thinking quite a bit during this Letter C of the wonderful Rebecca Kane and she is a Canadian born soprano, opera singer and musical theatre performer and has the most beautiful voice and such a great character. Um, I follow Rebecca Kane on Twitter and she keeps me entertained every single day, especially during lockdown. Um, 
if you follow her, you'll have seen the journey of her hair because she's um, stopped dyeing it and it's gone from a, a darker brown to almost a grey white. Stunning pictures uh, of Rebecca on Twitter. And the first time I saw Rebecca Kane was back in 1991, actually on a trip to Toronto in Canada. I was living at the time in uh, a place called Royal Oak, just outside Detroit in America, in the United States. And I was doing a teacher exchange program, actually. And my parents and my sister came to visit me for uh, the February half term. So we got the train up to Toronto and we went to the Pantages Theatre, beautiful theatre in Toronto, to see uh, Phantom of the Opera. And Rebecca played the part of Christine Daae with Byron Knees, who was the wonderful Raoul. And I know that Rebecca talks about him with great affection. And the magnificent Colm Wilkinson played the Phantom. And I have the Canadian cast recording, which I know some of you have been uh, talking about on Twitter recently. It's a fabulous recording, and Rebecca sings uh, the whole of Christine's uh, songs on that, and it's absolutely beautiful. So, um, Rebecca Kane, and most recently I saw her back in 2016 at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield, which is a theatre I really love with the original cast of Flowers for Mrs. Harris. And she played two parts, the part of Lady Dant and Madame Colbert. And I will definitely be talking again about Flowers for Mrs. Harris. If it's a show that you don't know, check it out. There is a fabulous cast recording that's been released during lockdown. So Rebecca Kane is my final a performer whose name begins with the letter C. And there we are at the end of our journey through the letter C. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I like to think before I go, who've we missed? And actually we've missed a lot. We've not talked about the magnificent Anna Jane Casey, who I absolutely love, and Tim Curry, Noel Coward, and shows like Cats, Crazy For You, Company, Colour Purple, City of Angels, A Chorus Line, Come From Away. Oh my God, we've not talked about Come From Away. But don't you worry because I'm sure we'll be able to touch on all, if not all, many of these over the next few months. So why not put on your tap shoes and join my chorus line next week when we look at letter D. In the meantime, I'm Tony and you can find me on Twitter at Theatre Flashbacks. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.